0: And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Welcome to this edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. This program is dedicated to going out to the highways and hedges and compelling people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Join your host, Tony Miano, and his team of street fishermen as they find people on the streets with whom to share the gospel. No scripts, no planning, no preparation just impromptu gospel conversations with random people out there in a world in desperate need of the Savior. So, until the nets are full, let's go fishing.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it might be, wherever you may find yourself, welcome to another edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. I am your host, Tony Miano, and today we're going to bring you a conversation with a young man named Aaron. Chris was uh, doing some street fishing for me down in Pensacola, Florida, and was out at Pensacola Beach up on the pier, and he found Aaron, who was fishing. Not for men, but for the scaly ones. Uh, Aaron is a presently out-of-work fundraiser. His last job was with Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Aaron professes to be a Christian, and so we talk about his faith in Christ, and then we have an interesting discussion about evangelism. You'll find that uh, Aaron, like many within the American evangelical community, subscribes to an extra-biblical, if not unbiblical, form of evangelism, one you will hear me talk much about, rarely positively, (laughs) here on the Street Fishing Podcast, friendship evangelism, which in the end is neither friendship nor evangelism, as it's most commonly practiced. But it was a really good conversation. Uh, Aaron and I got along swimmingly. In fact, I think he caught a fish during our conversation and with that let's go fishing all right we've got chris on the line chris is fishing down in pensacola florida today chris how are you brother
2: i'm doing great tony it's a beautiful day here in pensacola we've got about 103 heat index so it's a little warm but we've also got the blue angels flying uh, and i can't even begin to describe the scenery out here at uh, palafox pier it's absolutely beautiful
1: all right so who do you have uh for me to talk to today
2: I've got Aaron. He's 35, currently unemployed, but his last job, he worked in um, Habitat for Humanities. He's, he's worked in some nonprofits, and um, he was out here fishing on the pier when I walked up to him and uh, asked him if he minded, uh, you know, coming on and talking with, with you, um, and he said his, his background is Christian. He is a Christian in background. So.
1: All right, great. Let's talk to Aaron. Okay, here he is. Hi, Tony. Hey, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. So, what what was your first thought when Chris walked up to you and said, "Hey, do you want to be on a podcast to talk about spiritual beliefs?" My first thought
3: was, it reminded me of youth group twenty years ago
1: when we used to go out and try to witness to people. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, you're out actually fishing for the scaly ones today. Yes, sir. But what? And are you on a pier? Or are you f- fishing from the shore?
3: I'm on the pier, um, so I've got two poles out. Two poles out, trying to catch bait fish with one and bigger fish with another.
1: And uh, as far as bigger fish, what species are you hoping for?
3: Uh, mostly, people out here are trying to catch redfish, so that's what I'm hoping for.
1: Okay, and any, how long have you been out?
3: I just got here. He he talked to me before I even got my lines out there.
1: So, do you have lines in the water right now? Yes, sir. All right, so if if you get a hit, just move the phone away from your mouth before you scream. That's all I ask. <laughs> yes, sir. I can do that. I can commit to that. Okay. Uh, do you usually do good there at the pier?
3: I do all right. Um, usually not in the middle of the day do I do great.
1: I was just uh-huh. a little bored and so decided to come out and get some fresh air. Okay. So now Chris is telling me that. Uh, uh, your last job was working for Habitat for Humanity. Yes, sir. What did you do for them? I was a fundraiser. Um,
3: My background is mostly in fundraising. I have been in Pensacola for about two years um, and worked for Habitat in fundraising. Before that, I was in Los Angeles for about six years working for a different nonprofit in fundraising as well.
1: So no, about now were you in Los Angeles proper or just in the LA area? Uh in Los Angeles proper. Well, I was in Echo Park Silver Lake area, so right by oh, that. Okay. So are you, um you were there six years. You're probably familiar with Santa Clarita. Yes. Yeah, up around the Magic Mountain area. Yep, I love Magic Mountain, I had season passes. <laughs> well that's where my family and I are from. We lived in Santa oh, Clarita awesome. we lived in Santa Clarita for close to thirty years. Uh, prior to that, okay. we were in the in the San Gabriel Valley, Hacienda Heights, um, that area, okay. and uh, we moved out cool. here to uh, Iowa a few years ago. So very familiar with the Los Angeles. So how Iowa there. compared to the L.A. area? Uh, well, I don't think we have enough time on the podcast uh, to cover <laughs> that. But, <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. It's uh, uh, certainly the pace is much different. Uh, a traffic jam out here is maybe four or five cars in front of you at the light. Yes, sir. <laughs> there's no, uh, the main highway in the area is two lanes in each direction. And okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so nothing
1: like the 405. Well, a little more context. There's, uh, there's about three and a half, four times as many people in Los Angeles County as there are in the state of Iowa. Fair enough. OK. And, and uh, no mountains so out that, here put it in perspective. Uh, yeah, it's pretty flat out here. A lot of agriculture, uh, a lot of corn, a lot of soybeans uh, mm-hmm. for, for as far as the eye can see. So, yeah, so it's been a we've been out here for about three and a half years or so. So it's been a bit of a transition. Uh, so what brought you from Los Angeles to Pensacola?
3: So I um I have family here in Pensacola. My brother was oh. in the Marines and just kind of ended up staying here. And so I have six nieces and nephews out here okay. and wanted to be around them while they were growing up. And so I wasn't too attached to L.A. and was uh-huh. tired of, you know, L.A. Uh, prices
1: for rent with yeah. a nonprofit salary. Oh uh, Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, I think a studio now in downtown Los Angeles is going for like 35 hundred dollars or some ridiculous number like that yeah so chris told me that over two thousand for my one bedroom sorry go ahead wow and that was and that was outside of downtown that was silver lake and yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy all right so chris was telling me that um you have a christian background yes sir what what does that mean how would you how would you define that okay
3: um so I I grew up, uh, the first 10 years of my life, I lived in Saudi Arabia, um, wow. and we were part of, and for lack of a better term, an underground church. We had about 20 members, and we lived on an American compound, so it was a little safer, um, but my mom and dad were leaders. My dad was a worship leader there. Uh, when I was 10, we moved to Las Vegas, and my mom... Became an associate pastor. Um, I was very much involved in the children's ministry and in the youth, and um, kind of walked away from my faith in college for for four years. Um, but then was drawn back, and um, have been involved in church ever since. Uh, my fiance and I sing on our worship team, and just try to be involved however we can.
1: All right, so now you were in Saudi Arabia for the first 10 years. Was your family military, or were they missionaries? What had you in Saudi Arabia? So my dad was also in the Marines. When he got out, he
3: um, was employed by an American company that was subcontracted by the Saudi government. So he is a teacher for the Saudi Air Force. Wow, okay. Now,
1: uh, is he still doing that work? He is still there, yes. Wow, okay, all right. Yeah, I I can imagine life was well now you said the first 10 years so for the first 10 years Saudi Arabian life is really all you knew.
3: Yes, I was one when we moved there. So from 1 to
1: about 11. Wow, okay. All right. So um so explain to me how initially um you came to faith in Christ. Um did you just I think Sorry, go ahead. No. Go you go ahead.
3: Um, I think that I'm like a lot I was like a lot of church kids that my parents' faith was my faith. Um and I just kind of did what I was told. Okay. Um and I grew to have my own relationship with God in high school.
1: And how did that happen? What did that look like?
3: Um We were at a very charismatic church, Uh um, and so it was just kind of experience, uh, I guess it's kind of hard to describe, Um, just kind of experiencing faith by myself and having conversations with people and asking questions to people who didn't agree with me and realizing that I did believe what I believed, but it wasn't just what I was raised to.
1: And now, and you said that was uh, sometime in high school? Yes, sir. Uh, but you said in college you walked away, as you described it.
3: Yes. I um, moved to St. Louis when I graduated high school, went to college there, and um, very liberal school. And I had always been the church kid, and decided that I wanted to no longer be the church kid. And so I partied it up and did the fraternity thing and stopped going to church and stopped talking to God and just kind of was living as a mess. I ended up depressed and suicidal and it
1: was a a rough time. Wow. And how long was it after that time in your life that um, you came back to your faith?
3: So I was in college from 2002 to 2006. It was probably 2007 when I finally went back to church and got my relationship back.
1: And and how did that happen?
3: Oh, you know, moms pray too much. That's the problem. Um, My mom never stopped praying for me, and I, I couldn't visit home without going to church. So she was not going to let it, let it go. And, um, uh, praying mother works. And so I, um, I mean, I'd always known that I wasn't living the way that I was meant to. Um, and so I finally gave in to what was better for me, I suppose.
1: Hmm. And about and that was about 2007, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. So since we've known each other for you know, 10 whole minutes. Uh, Yes, sir. (laughs) If if you were to die today, if uh, uh, a 20-foot great white shark were to pull you over the pier and have you for Mm -hmm. lunch, (laughs) and you were now finding yourself standing before God, uh, and he asked you, Aaron, why should I allow you into my kingdom? What would you say? I would say because
3: you said the greatest commandment was to love God and the other greatest commandment was to love people. And I have done both.
1: So God would let you in based on your fulfillment of those two commandments.
3: Um, God would let me in based on his agreement that I believe that Christ died for my sins. But if he's asking me why, um, it would seem to me that he was asking for a reason other than that so that would be my other reason my obvious answer would be
1: because i'm a a believer in christ okay interesting all right so do you think that um do you think then that there is is something in addition to your faith in christ that you must do to in some way show God that you're ready for the kingdom or to earn your spot in the kingdom? I don't. Um,
3: I believe that, yeah, no, I very much believe that the way to heaven is accepting Christ died for your sins and rose again. And belief in that is what is all he's required. But we are commanded to do things while we are in this life. That we should
1: also do so do you see those as works leading to salvation or fruits of salvation fruits of salvation okay all right so i don't believe i'm saved because i do things okay so would you agree that salvation is by the grace of god alone through faith alone in jesus christ alone absolutely okay now you you mentioned you used the word evangelism like when you were younger when you were in youth mm-hmm. group or uh what did that look like what did evangelism look like
3: um evangelism back then and i don't know that i'm a huge fan of the way that it was done back then was okay. just a, a bunch of kids and youth leaders going out on the streets and witnessing people and getting people saved which i now in my later years <laughs> um Take a little bit of issue with
1: okay why is, why is that
3: um because i don't know that it's right to while it's great to go out and talk to people and great to talk about god and getting people saved is wonderful i there was no follow-up so it was great you prayed this prayer now you're going to heaven nice to meet you
1: hmm. okay um so the the evangelism you did it sounds like uh had as an aspect of that having people pray or repeat a prayer and then yes. basically declaring them saved. Correct. Okay. So what, what what does evangelism look like for you today? Um
3: to me it is showing the love of Christ. Um Ideally, that would lead to relationships that would lead people toward Christ. I believe that my actions should be a reflection of of Jesus and that if my actions are a reflection of Jesus and I treat people how Jesus would have, then by grace they will be led to
1: him, not that I need to preach to them. So um, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by Mm -hmm. the word, by the word of Christ. Um, The gospel is actually a spoken message, includes words, whether written or, um, you know, or communicated verbally, uh, but words are involved. So let's, let's say that you and I had known each other for longer than 15 minutes. (laughs) and uh we let's say we're fishing buddies right we're we're Mm -hmm. out there on the pier together and i know that you're a christian and you know that i'm not in this in this hypothetical and the Mm -hmm. time is come and the time has come for you to communicate with words the gospel of jesus christ what would you say to me Oh wow! I didn't know I was going to get put on the
3: spot like this. Um, well, okay. So we're assuming that I know that you're not a believer, and you know that I am. Um,
1: right. We're yeah. We have and, we have a relationship. We're friends. Yeah. And we know we know each other. So.
3: Okay. Um, hmm. I wish I would have had more than five seconds prep for that question. Um. <laughs> I suppose that what I would say um well hmm that's a good question okay. I suppose that what I would say would be um, I would first ask you what what you know of what I believe so that for me would get kind of get the conversation started um and then from there, I would, ex- I suppose I would just explain what I believe, um, okay. that I believe that Jesus was – that, that m- man was created in the image of God and that through Adam we became sinners and that Jesus was the sacrifice for our sins. And because of that sacrifice, we're able to now have a relationship with God and be able to commune with God in the Holy Spirit. I probably wouldn't say Holy Spirit because that'd be weird to you as non-believer. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't know.
1: Hmm. Okay.
3: I'd have to see right. how the so, conversation was heading.
1: All right. So I did put you on the spot. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, so now I'm going to put me on the spot. We'll we'll switch okay. places. We'll switch places. I don't know now. if that's we're... fair because you knew you were going to put yourself on the spot. Well, sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and and I yeah, and I have these conversations all the time on phones, on street corners, um, on college campuses. I mean that this yes, is sir. it's a way of life for me. So so granted, right. Uh, yeah, th- right. This is and, and this isn't a competition. Um, so oh, I, I understand. I want I wanted to be clear about that. But yeah, uh, but I want to sh- I want to share with you how I would communicate the gospel to you as my friend. Um, sure. So we're fishing buddies. We're we're sitting there. We're uh, we're telling stories about fish. Some of them are true, um, <laughs> and some uh, are not. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I said some of them are true. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 you turn and look at me and you say, all right, Tony. What is it that you believe? I, I know you. I know you say you're a Christian. I know you go to church on Sundays. You know I'm not. All right." So the fish aren't biting, tell me. So here's, here's what I would say. I'd say, Aaron, you and I are both image bearers of our creator. Um, you know God exists. There are no atheists, there are no agnostics, there are no skeptics. Uh, the word of God makes it clear that every human being, including you, knows that God exists. God has testified to the reality of his existence in creation. And he's written that reality on your heart. He's given you a conscience. Uh, you know the difference between right and wrong, not not because of how you were raised, or when, or where, or by whom you were raised. You know the difference between right and wrong because the God who created you wrote His law on, on your heart. For for example, okay. you know it's you know it's wrong to lie, just like I do. Um, you know that's wrong because the God who created you isn't a liar. You know it's wrong to. Uh, take God's name in vain. You know, you and I are buddies. You drop God's name all the time, like an adjective, and uh, sure. you know that's you know that's wrong because the God who created you isn't a blasphemer of Himself. Um, you know, it's wrong to steal, whether it's uh, a pencil at work uh, or clocking in for eight hours and only working seven, or fudging on your taxes, or getting a free refill when you're not supposed to. <laughs> You know, you know stealing's mm-hmm. wrong because the God who created you isn't a thief. You know that looking at a woman and having an inappropriate sexual thought um, with any woman other than your wife, you know that's wrong because the God who created you is not an adulterer at heart. You know it's wrong to hate another human being for any reason because the God who created you is not a murderer at heart. And
3: may I may may I pause you for a moment, Tony? Sure um what if in that conversation hypothetically uh-huh. i one do believe that i'm an atheist and two don't believe that it's wrong to hate people
1: yeah well I, I like again assumption
3: has been made that i know that it's wrong to hate people
1: right yeah and it's it's not an assumption uh because the authority on the issue isn't you the professed atheist if that were the case you're not the authority. Uh, the Word of God is. And the Word of God makes it very clear in Romans chapter 1 that every human being knows that God exists, but they simply suppress that truth by their unrighteousness. So I'm okay, not but, Tony, going... I,
3: cho- I choose to not believe the Word of God. So if the Word of God says something and I don't believe the Word of God, right. how am I to believe that hating someone is wrong?
1: Yeah. Well, the reality is is that you know that hating someone is wrong. Because God has written that law on your heart. And in the end, it doesn't matter what you believe. What matters is whether or not what you believe is true. Uh, again, okay. you're you're not the ultimate authority uh, on this sure. issue. God is. And so this God who created you is the same one you're going to stand before one day to give an account for your life. You're, uh, because God has written this law on your heart, you are going to be without excuse You're not going to be able to claim innocence or ignorance to violating his law. And because God is good, because he's holy and righteous and just, he must punish sin, which is the violation of his law. And the punishment God has determined for sin is eternity in hell. Now, you're my friend. Uh, The very last thing I want for you, uh, of course, I don't want it at all. Uh, The last thing I want for you is for you to stand before God and face his wrath your sin against him and this god who is angry with the wicked every day who will judge the world in righteousness is also loving and merciful and kind and he showed that great love some 2000 years ago when god the father sent his son to earth in the person of jesus christ truly god truly man and without sin unlike you and me and, and everything you know every uh, commandment that I've brought to your attention, I've broken in thought, word, or deed in my life at some point too. And uh, the God who created us, who is going to judge us according to that standard, is also the God who is merciful and gracious and kind to send his Son to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, truly God, truly man, without sin. He lived a perfect life from cradle to grave. For some 33 years, a life that you and I can't live for 33 seconds and then at a time appointed by god the father before the foundation of the world god the son voluntarily went to a roman cross where he suffered and died a horrific bloody death he did not deserve for he knew no sin to take upon himself the punishment you and i rightly deserve for our sins against god he died on that cross he was buried and then three days later He forever defeated sin and death when he rose from the grave. He's alive today, and he's going to return at a time that no man here on earth knows. Uh, And when he returns, he's not going to return as a baby in in a manger. He's going to return as the lion of the tribe of Judah to, to judge both the living and the dead. And what God commands of all people everywhere, you and me included, is that we turn from our sin and by faith turn to God, and receive jesus christ as our lord and our savior and if god does that miraculous work in, in you the promise is is that he will forgive your sin he'll remove it as far as the east is from the west remember it no more you'll be reconciled to the god you have spent your life offending by your sin and you'll have the assurance of eternal life not because you go to church on sunday and live like hell monday through saturday not because you're a good person uh because you you're not you've broken god's law like the rest of us but he will grant you that eternal life on the basis of his own goodness Uh, a goodness that would allow his one and only son to die for sinners like us so turn to christ and live while god's given you time now is there anything is there anything you heard in that gospel message that you either disagree with or have questions about?
3: Um, there's nothing, obviously, well, not obviously, um, but there's nothing in that gospel message that I disagree with. Everything you said is true. Um, well, I, everything you said, I believe. Um, okay. I suppose my only, and maybe it's just me playing devil's advocate, which I don't know if I need to, Um, But I question the effectiveness On someone who Claims to And I I feel like I'm going back to the same thing But I, I, I feel as though If I claim to be an atheist Whether somewhere in me I know there's a God or not If I claim to be an atheist and I claim to not believe the word of God Then it would seem to me Like everything you said Being that it's based upon the word of God would be essentially meaningless to me
1: yeah that would be true only if the word of god and the gospel of jesus christ had did not have the power to save romans 1 16 says right, but, For I, but are we not making but again that
3: are, if we're going back to romans one you're still quoting a scripture that i don't
1: believe right yeah i understand, I understand that sure i understand that but the fact that you don't believe it doesn't strip it of its power god says that the gospel is the power of god for salvation to all who believe to the jew first and also to the greek and so and god again god also said in his word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of christ god being sure. a god of god being a god of means has determined that the way people come to repentance and faith in Christ is by hearing and believing the gospel. Um, people do not come to faith in Christ by us establishing relationships with them. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. No. I'm not I'm not saying we shouldn't make friends with unbelievers. I feel like I was pa- uh, I feel like I might have been unclear. Um okay. while
3: yes, Uh, My goal in most situations is to establish a relationship and show the love of Christ. There's also the goal of getting them in a community of believers, like getting them to church. And while I know that's not the only way to witness to someone, I feel as though people become more receptive, or at least I would be more receptive invited to a church situation than someone who i feel like i have established a relationship now turning that relationship into an attempt to get me saved
1: well you know you bring up a great point and that's and that is the bait and switch in what is called relationship or friendship evangelism because the quote-unquote evangelism begins with Establishing a relationship, and then at some point, maybe trying to get the person to go to church or have that conversation on the pier, leaving the person wondering, "Wait a minute, is this is the reason for this relationship to quote unquote get me saved?" And so, the way friendship evangelism is typically practiced, it is in the end a bait and switch, and that's why it's not the power of God for salvation but the gospel is. So, for instance, if you and uh, if you and I just met and you were, let, let's say you moved in next door or something like that, I'm going to knock on your door maybe I'll have a plate of cookies with me or something. Don't worry, my wife will cook them. I won't. Um, Thank God. And, yeah. And I say, hey, my name's Tony. I live next door. Welcome to the neighborhood. And I begin to communicate the gospel to you. You might say, you know what? I really don't want to hear it. Well, okay, here's a, plate of cookies and let me know if you need anything and you work on establishing that relationship but the foundation of the relationship isn't my dynamic personality and wooing somebody to like me the the foundation of that relationship is the gospel of jesus christ so when i bring up the things of god there's no worry or discomfort of wondering gee is this going to be a bait and switch?" or am I gonna leave them thinking that the only reason I'm their friend is because I wanna get them to church? Well, no, they know who I am from the very beginning. They know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and that I care enough about them to present the gospel to them. Because sadly, the way friendship evangelism is, is often practiced, if and when the Christian gets around to the things of God, They often won't actually communicate the gospel uh, because they don't want to do anything to jeopardize the friendship that they've worked so hard to build. So in the end, the friendship becomes more important than the soul of the friend. And nowhere in scripture, which is our authority as Christians, nowhere in scripture will you see relationship building as a foundation for the gospel, but that the gospel is the foundation of every relationship.
3: Does that make sense? I can understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, For for, for instance, go ahead. I'm
1: sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, please, go ahead. Okay. So um, the idea of um, letting someone see Jesus in us uh, fails from the very beginning because, as the Word of God says, a person is dead in their sin. And as an unbeliever, they can't understand that which is spiritual. Because it's spiritually appraised. So if I'm an atheist, so if I'm an atheist living on one side of you, and Chris is a Christian living on the other side of you, and we both invite you over to our house for a no strings attached barbecue, um, we, we all have kids that are the same age, and so we invite you over to play in our pool. Um, you like to fish, so I go fishing with you. Uh, Chris is on the softball team. So he invites you to play softball, and we build this relationship. We both, at the same time, build this genuine relationship with you. How? And how, of the gospel, how do you distinguish between the atheist and the Christian? You can't. They're, the only thing that separates the benevolent Buddhist or the altruistic atheist um, or the helpful Hindu and the Christian. Is the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which God in His Word says is alone the power of God for salvation. So, okay. So, great. So, build relationships with people. Fine. That's wonderful. But let the foundation of that be the gospel of Jesus Christ and not you or me.
3: What do you think? Okay. Um, I don't disagree with that. I, no, there's no, but I think that, I mean, I would say that if I were to estimate probably about 90% of people know within the first three to five minutes of speaking to me that I'm a Christian, that I'm a Christ follower. Um, does that mean that I'm witnessing to them? Not necessarily. So I don't know I don't know that – Hmm. I don't know that for – I suppose it's not just for me, but I don't know that making your first conversation or what we're saying the basis of the relationship, the foundation of the relationship being the, the gospel is an effective way – and i could absolutely be wrong is an effective way to in the long term even get that be able to have that conversation later with the person
1: well then we're then we're left with this go ahead sorry go ahead then we're left Um, with the side go ahead aaron please go ahead
3: sorry um (laughs) to me if the first conversation I have with someone, um, I'm witnessing to them and I'm preaching the gospel to them and I'm quoting scriptures, I come across as a traveling
1: salesman. So, so here, here's here's where the rubber meets the road in this part of the conversation. Yes, sir. Where does the authority lie? Does it lie? Does it lie with? To me, or does it lie with the Word of God? So it, it doesn't. In the end, it doesn't matter if to me I find this, that, or the other thing more effective. To me, I find this more comfortable. To me, I don't think um, this person is going to respond well to this. Um, I'm not the authority. The Word of God is the authority, and the Word of but God. But wait, yeah.
3: If I do find that, um, say the second or third or fourth time that I speak to them, I am sharing the gospel with them, and that is more effective in that relationship. Wouldn't that be the ultimate goal anyway?
1: Well, the the ultimate the ultimate goal is to communicate the gospel to them, and for them to come to repentance and faith in Christ. And the 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 key, though, I, I think what I'm trying to emphasize is that we we make sure in our genuine efforts to win people to Christ that we don't make it the gospel plus anything it's not okay it's it's not the gospel plus me getting them into church it's not the gospel plus follow up which often turns out just to be follow around it's not the gospel plus my friendliness it's not the gospel plus Uh, building a house for somebody the gospel and the gospel alone is the power of god for salvation and so whatever that context is whether it's the first conversation or the fourth conversation whether it's over fishing or someone who wanders into church whether it's someone at work someone at starbucks whatever it is so long as we understand that the Gospel and the Gospel alone is the power of God for salvation, and the Gospel doesn't need our help still there,
3: okay, yeah, I'm still here, sorry, I caught a little pinfish,
1: oh did you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, okay, all right, hey, well, Aaron, you know what i I've, I've taken plenty of your time, and uh. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to me. I think it's been a...
0: No, Tony, it was a a
1: pleasure talking to you. Good. I'm glad. And likewise, Um, I I hope it was a profitable conversation for both of us. Absolutely. You take care, okay? All right. God bless you. Have a great day. Yep. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, I have Chris back on the line. He uh, had a couple of minutes to follow up with Aaron. Uh, Chris, how'd that go?
2: Uh, it went well, Tony. Uh, Aaron seems like a really, really nice guy, um, and uh, we left him with a track, and, and uh,
1: it was—he
2: uh, he just seems like a super nice guy.
1: Did he? Uh, did he have any feedback about the conversation?
2: No, not really. Um he he kind of just headed back to his fishing poles. Um looked like he was ready to get back to fishing. He had stopped pretty much the whole time he was talking to you. Um uh-huh. so uh which, you know, I, he stopped for you know for a while and I was grateful, but it looked like he was ready to get back. But he, like I said, he was he was very cordial and nice and uh and uh, he just headed back to towards fishing.
1: So now uh obviously Aaron professes to be a Christian. Um he affirmed the gospel I communicated to him. Uh, and then our conversation turned to evangelism, and he seemed, uh, not seen, but he was a proponent for friendship or lifestyle or relationship, evangelism, whatever uh, the popular name for it is today. Um, during that part of the conversation, did you pick up anything about his countenance, his demeanor, uh, anything like that?
2: Um I've actually got another friend that was out with me um we were sitting off a little ways, and he kind of um mentioned a little bit that uh that aaron uh walked uh, so so he was walking around a little bit talking to you, then he walked towards his fishing poles and was was checking them during that time and there was – i think he made a comment um I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like um it was something about the word of God and whether he believes it, and that's what my buddy kind of just pointed out to me um that, that he had said that and, and then because we were you know we were a few feet off and we really couldn't hear everything that was being said but my buddy okay. did notice um you know just a little change in demeanor at that point
1: point. And, and did he say how like was it he seemed to get more serious or uh, well uh he just he just um
2: I don't know what caught my – it was, it was what he said that caught my friend's attention that's sitting out here, you know, passing out tracks with me. Uh-huh. And um, so as soon as he said that, my friend Adam, uh, you know, mentioned to me, did, did you hear what he just said? And then he walked over to the poles and was kind of, fish, you know, picked up his pole and was actually fishing while he was talking to you for a minute. Then he set it back down. Um, so it was just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how to read into that, but okay. we did kind of notice it at that point just from a few feet off. All right. All right.
1: Hey, well, Chris, thanks again for being out there and uh, for – making that uh, conversation with Aaron uh Aaron happen and uh, you guys doing any more evangelism today
2: yes so we just got started and uh, and we're going to head around uh Pensacola downtown and just, you know, pass out some tracks, look for some people to have a gospel conversation with. I did have, uh, before we got started today, I, I talked to a couple people before Aaron, um, and one was, uh, it was interesting. He, um, I, I yeah, I did the normal thing. I went up to him and said, I'm with a, uh, with a Christian podcast. Would you be willing to talk? And, and I introduced my name first. And as soon as I said the word Christian, he, uh, he got uh, pretty aggressive. He was like, um, really? he said, you lost me a Christian. Yeah, he said, you lost me a Christian. I don't want to talk to you. And I just, I said, well, the host is willing to talk to anybody of any beliefs. You know, atheist is welcome. You can come on and say your opinions. And um, at that point, he kind of warned me. He said, I'm being very patient with you right now. And he said, I highly suggest you walk away from me. And uh, so wow. <laughs> that's how my morning got started. But, you know, I, I look at it. His, his, um, he's angry with God for some reason. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to. Uh, I tried to leave him a track at that point. And, um, and he kind of said something like, man, seriously, you better get away from me. And, and that's when I decided to go ahead and walk off and found Aaron later down the road, but, uh, uh, rather interesting, mm. um, you know, little encounter this morning.
1: Yeah. So now, uh, I, I'm not making any assumptions, but, um, did he seem to be of his right mind? Did he seem to be coherent? Was he just angry or was there more going on or? No,
2: he seemed, uh perfectly um in his right mind he, he just yeah. seemed extremely angry as soon as I said the word Christian I mean because I had um I'd come out and sat down was watching you know looking for somebody who looked like they might have some time to talk maybe they weren't doing anything too much at that time and and he seemed perfect he was just kind of looking at the water um he, he seemed you know like perfectly normal and when I walked over to him mm-hmm. like I said he even even responded to me I said where are you from uh are you from Pensacola and he said no I'm from Gainesville he seemed his demeanor was was actually very friendly at that point and I mean literally when I said I was with a Christian podcast that's when uh, his demeanor changed um, right away. Wow. And I well, tried. I tried to see if yeah, he would sure. be willing to come on and talk to you, but uh, he, he was not willing. Well,
1: look, like I always say, the only time we fail in evangelism, you know, when we're out there trying to do it biblically is when we fail to evangelize. And, okay. you know, that that you couldn't get into that conversation and, or even hand him a gospel tract isn't a, isn't a failure on your part. You know, people, by and large, hate God and uh, the the word of the cross is foolishness to most and so you ran into you ran into someone who wouldn't give you the time of day and those things those things happen but at least you're out there doing the work and uh, who knows yeah. maybe you know maybe you see that guy again next time you're down there and he says hey you know what I was pretty hard on you last time yeah I'll talk to you you know not to be on the podcast but you know just to have a conversation with you I mean who knows what's Absolutely. going on in his who knows what's going on in his heart and his mind right now or what's happening yeah. in his life that would give him such a visible, visceral hatred for God. So we'll pray for him. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, Chris. Hey, Tony, it, thanks. Was a, it was a pleasure to be with you today. I, I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, likewise, brother. Couldn't do it without your help. Thank you very, very much, buddy. And uh, you guys have a great time uh, out there serving the Lord today. Thank you, Tony. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. All right, that was my conversation with Aaron. What do you think? Is Aaron a genuine follower of Jesus Christ? He affirmed the gospel I proclaimed to him. He said that's what he believes. Now, I understand that Aaron's salvation, whether he has it or or not, isn't contingent upon uh, whether or not he's able to convince us that he's a believer based on a half-hour, 40-minute conversation with me on the phone. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can email me at street fishing Podcast at gmail.com, street fishing podcast at gmail.com. All right, so let's chalk talk this conversation I just had with Aaron. There are a few things I want to cover. First is I want to uh, talk about a mistake I think I made with Aaron. Uh, in fact, it's a mistake I've made a couple of times now on the podcast, and it's kind of starting to frustrate me. Uh, I didn't press Aaron hard enough. I should have pressed Aaron harder about the genuineness of his faith. Uh, Yes, he uh, agreed with the gospel. I proclaimed to him, he said, that's what he believes. And it is also true that Aaron's salvation, the validity of his salvation, isn't determined by or contingent upon his ability to convince me that he is a Christian. There's only one lawgiver and judge. There's only one who's able to save and destroy, and it's not an evangelist who has a podcast named Tony. It is God Almighty. But in Aaron's testimony, you heard what is a very common testimony. He was a church kid, grew up in the church, uh, made a profession of faith sometime in high school uh, when it became his own instead of his mom and dad's. Then he went off to college and decided he wanted... Uh, frat life uh, more than Christ life and he walked away from the faith and then some time later he comes back uh, Makes a profession of faith and now he and his fiance are leading worship in a church very common very typical American evangelical testimony uh, one that lacks a great deal of substance Uh, one of the keys Uh, to the reasons why I think I should have pressed Aaron harder, is that uh, Aaron couldn't communicate the gospel to me. Hardly at all. He said I had put him on the spot. Yeah, that's true. It's not every day someone hands you a phone, and the guy on the other end, who you never met, says, Hey, share the gospel with me. But yet, if we are to believe Aaron's testimony, then he came to faith in Christ, some 13 years ago, I think it was 2007, he said, when he when he came back, uh, so to speak. Now, we know if our theology is sound, that you don't come to faith in Christ, walk away from Christ, come to faith in Christ, walk away from Christ. Uh, until you come to genuine repentance and faith in Christ, everything else you did up to that point in the name of Christ was under false conversion. You don't get saved, don't get saved, get saved, walk away, don't get saved, get saved again. You don't get saved multiple times. When God saves a person, he saves them and he keeps them. If Aaron's testimony is true, and and please don't misunderstand me, I'm not saying his testimony isn't true. I'm saying I don't know if Aaron is a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. I simply don't know. And in many American evangelical circles, what I just said is forbidden. Uh, You can't question someone's testimony. You can't question someone's salvation. Uh, To do so is tantamount to hating a person. Well, obviously I don't hate Aaron. uh, Not at all. And again, uh, the final arbiter for whether or not Aaron is a believer isn't me. And that ultimately is between Aaron and God. But if I love Aaron as my neighbor, and if I'm left with any question at all as to whether or not he is a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, I need to press the issue. And I should have pressed the issue harder with Aaron, like I have done with countless people over the years. Again, Aaron was unable to communicate the gospel to me. Uh, after 13 years of walking with Christ, if that is the case, he should be able to articulate the gospel. Uh, Again, you cannot be saved by a gospel you do not know. You cannot be saved by a gospel you do not know. So what I should have done with Aaron is what I've done with many people in the past. And if I had it to do over again, this is what I would say to Aaron. Now, Aaron uh, identified himself as a fundraiser, currently unemployed. But the last job he had was uh, helping to raise funds for Habitat for Humanity. And um, so, what I would have done had I had it to do over again is, I would have said, "So, Aaron, let's say um, I, you, and I met. We're fishing here on the on the pier together, and uh, you tell me that uh, you know you're presently an out-of-work fundraiser. And I say, oh yeah, uh, I'm a fundraiser. I'm an expert at fundraising. Uh, I could probably help you out quite a bit when it comes to fundraising. And you look at me and you smile and say, okay, well, what can you tell me about fundraising? And I said, well, um, I think they still have phone books. Um, You open up the phone book, pick a letter. Uh, My favorite letter is M. You pick a letter and you start calling people in the phone book. And you ask them to give your organization money. Yes, and then I intentionally allow for a long pregnant pause like that and watch the person's demeanor, watch the look on their face. Usually they start laughing. And then uh, then I'll, I would have said to Aaron, Aaron, if I said that to you after having claimed to have been a fundraiser, Would you believe I know anything about fundraising? Aaron's answer is going to be no. Do you believe I'm a fundraiser? Aaron's answer again is going to be no. And then the tough question I've asked many, many people, and I should have asked Aaron, is, Aaron, if you wouldn't believe I was a fundraiser based on my inability to tell you about raising funds, why should I believe you're a Christian when you couldn't communicate the gospel to me? Now, I've seen many (laughs) different responses to that very pointed, kind of in-your-face question. Um, I've had people say, no, 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 I'm a Christian. I just, I I was, uh, you know, I was nervous. I'm not used to this. And I don't share the gospel a lot. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm a believer. I've heard responses like that. I've heard people say, how dare you question whether or not I'm a Christian? And then walk away in a huff and I've had other people say, you know what you're right You're right Maybe i'm not a christian And those were very profitable conversations all of them were regardless of the response, but but I I should have pressed the issue more with aaron And again, maybe for the seventh or eighth time now (laughs) Uh, had Aaron given me an answer that I would have liked, that wouldn't have determined his salvation either. Again, Aaron's salvation isn't contingent upon how well or how poorly our conversation went. But I should have pressed him harder. Most certainly should have done that. And I should have called him to examine himself and test himself to see if he was in the faith. So that's one. Uh, the other is, uh, Aaron talked about much about relationships. Again, in a previous episode, we, we talked at length about friendship evangelism and how it's neither friendship nor evangelism. Uh, he talked about how uh, our actions as Christians are a reflection of Jesus, and there is some truth to that. But Aaron, like so many other American evangelicals, has bought the notion that we need to live our life in such a way that people ask us why. Uh, the reality is as though people rarely, if ever, ask us why. The reason being is simply living the quote-unquote Christian life, living as a good person, being benevolent, loving, giving, kind, sacrificial, living uh, that way in and of itself isn't going to point anybody to Jesus. Because as I've told many people when I've shared the gospel with them, there are nicer people than me in hell today. And the reason is, is because they didn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Look, there are altruistic atheists. There are benevolent Buddhists. There are caring Catholics. There are helpful Hindus, and you know the list goes on and on. And so, as I explained to Aaron, the only thing that's going to distinguish him as a Christian from the atheist who is as well behaved and as kind as he is, and as good as build, at building relationships as he is is the verbal proclamation of the gospel. The gospel is a message of words. What we are to proclaim to people are words. In the end, what's going to distinguish the Christian from all of those other very nice people is the verbal proclamation of the gospel. Uh, Either the verbal proclamation of the gospel or handing it to someone in written form in, in a gospel tract. Until a person knows what we believe, Until they know the gospel we believe, until we proclaim that gospel to them, uh, a person who is dead in their sin and spiritually blind isn't going to be able to tell the difference between the genuine follower of Jesus Christ, the false convert, uh, the practitioner of no religion, or the practitioner of a false religion. Um, Is it true that that, uh, we should be living reflections of Jesus Christ as Christians? Absolutely. Yes, we should day by day be growing in our faith and and being conformed to the image of Christ. Yes, our lives should be a reflection of the gospel that we believe uh, and the reality that God has caused us to be born again to a living hope, that he's taken our heart of stone and that he has given us a heart of flesh. But living a holy life, living a godly life, living a life in obedience to Christ, living a life that is pleasing to the Lord, in and of itself is not evangelism. Because again, a person who is dead in their sin and spiritually blind cannot see Jesus in us. We have to open our mouths. We have to open our mouths to proclaim the gospel. One more thing and I'll let you go. As uh, Aaron and I were talking about evangelism, talking about friendship evangelism, there were a number of times you heard Aaron use the phrase, to me. To me, this isn't effective. To me, it would be better to do it this way. To me, it would be better to do it that way. Uh, oftentimes, I hear that phraseology uh, from uh, false converts or from you know, flat out unbelievers, people who deny the gospel altogether. Uh, I often hear that in relation to who God is and to who Jesus is. To me, God is a God of love. To me, God's not going to send anyone to hell. To me, Jesus would accept these homosexual uh relationships as valid because he just wants us to love one another. You know, I, I've heard that phrase to me often associated with idolatry, the idolatry of creating a God in your imagination to suit yourself. Now, that's not what Aaron did. Aaron wasn't fashioning, uh, at least not in our conversation, Aaron wasn't fashioning a God in his imagination to please himself. But what Aaron was doing is something else Christians do, is they make their opinion the authority. They determine, for instance, that... Um, walking up to someone and communicating the gospel to them isn't effective. Why? Well, to me says so. I say so. To me, it's not effective. Doesn't matter what the Bible teaches. Doesn't matter what the Bible says. Um, You know, we've heard, I've heard that often in regards to open air preaching. You know, to me, this isn't very effective. To me, you ought to build relationships with people. Well, well, we see open-air preaching throughout the scriptures. I mean, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He wasn't sequestered in a church building. He was out calling people to repent. We see the prophets of old as open-air preachers. Jesus and and his apostles were open-air preachers. 2,000 years of church history filled with open-air preaching. Uh, But yet someone comes along and says, well, to me, that's not effective. And so what they're doing is they're saying, I am the authority. Uh, I am the one who is in authority uh, instead of the truth of God's word. And so I did call him on that. Um, I did call him on his use of, to me, uh, as the determiner of, of what's effective and what's not. So, all right, well, that was my conversation with Aaron. I hope some of the Chalk Talk was uh, helpful. And uh, as I promised at the beginning of, uh, of uh, creating this podcast, that uh, these Chalk Talks would also include times when I think I messed up. And uh, this is one of those cases where I think I could have done better with Aaron by pressing him harder on his profession of faith. I hope Aaron saved. Um, he didn't give me any... You know anything that would jump out at me as as to cause me to think he isn't a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, but I'm left wondering because I, I didn't press the issue harder. Wish I had that to do over again. God is sovereign over that conversation, and Aaron did hear the gospel. Uh, If Aaron is a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, then that gospel should encourage him. If Aaron is not a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, then, as I told Aaron over and over again, that gospel is the power of God for salvation. That gospel and that gospel alone. It's not the gospel plus anything. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he heard it. So that's good. All right. Hey, well, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. Uh, Until next time, my friends, let's go. We hope you enjoyed
0: this edition of the Street Fishing Podcast. The Street Fishing Podcast and Tony Miano's daily street evangelism efforts are ministries of Grace Fellowship Church in Davenport, Iowa. Grace Fellowship is a Reformed Baptist church that subscribes to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. Visit the church's website at gracefellowshipqc.com. That's gracefellowshipqc.com. And for more information about Tony Miano's Street Evangelism Ministry, including books, articles, videos, and audios, visit crossencountersmen.com. That's crossencountersmin.com. Until next time, and until the nets are full, let's go fishing.